Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi and welcome along to this delayed episode of the Left on Red podcast. Many apologies, mostly on my behalf for that, but I hope it's going to be a good episode and it was a fantastic result and performance at moments, so I hope it's worth the wait. So the reason that this episode is so delayed is because I went down to Bristol for Halloween to see a mate. Because he's not a proper fan. No, well, hold on a second. <laughs> Lowell's in, in chief control of supplying himself and myself tickets. Yeah. And the way it works is is that Lathy can sometimes get a ticket for us, but obviously Lowell takes the first one because he's doing the writing for Lathy as well. And if he is a spare, I can get one. So I was always planning to go to Leicester on Saturday the 30th. Mm. However, Lowell said that it's very unlikely, and it was unlikely that it was going to happen. So I managed to manoeuvre some time off work and I thought, well, I might as well go to Bristol for the weekend. Obviously, I watched I watched the match on the coat. But no, it turns out the day before the match actually happened, I get a phone call from Lowell saying that Lafey supplied me a ticket. And yeah, it's just a series of unfortunate events, really. But it was gutting for me. But I had a good time <clears> in Bristol and Arsenal won. And that's the most important thing. I can only apologise for this being so late. Yeah. Well, we we tried. We were going to record it on Zoom, but the quality was yeah. Quality like, was so to, bad. to be fair to us, I did take my laptop yeah, and did. my headphones down to Bristol, and we tried, and it just wasn't sounding good. Exactly. So we thought a later episode with better quality, with better quality, probably was more important. Yeah. yeah. Leicester was good though, man. Well, I mean, my experience was just on a coach to Bristol, watching it on my phone, got the headphones in, yeah. And the Arsenal fan, I felt like I was there. We'll be honest. I mean, oh. I, we went to Burnley and I feel like I'm a regular now. We were the only team once this season. But I, I could just hear all the charts booming so through the phone. It was brilliant. Um, quite, I quite like, I'm, I'm a big fan of the distance of Leicester. Yeah. It's quite, it's like sort it's of good for an away sweet spot. Because it's like not too far that it feels like a drag. But then it's like far, far enough, enough that it feels like a proper away day. Basically saying anywhere up north is a bit long. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> but like, not like... I but do you know. think your northern experiences so far have been scarred? So the city one was a pumping, <laughs> yeah, and the Burnley one. Was city one. To be fair, the city one was quite like was quite fun. Like we stayed the night before and stuff. Fairs, yeah, um, but it was just because we were driving from Dorset to City, not London to yeah, to Manchester. So it took us nine hours on the way there. And so it's really hard to like, That's get just there. too long. Yeah. No, I was sort of fidgeting, and I, there was somebody next to me, and I couldn't really celebrate properly. So yeah, it was sort yeah. of a little a little tap of the window yeah. um, to celebrate the goals. And then, which came, which came, they came quite quickly. I wasn't like, I in the, I, I don't think we were expecting it because we, we hadn't fully like settled down in the away end yet. Everyone was still like getting to their seats, like singing, party atmosphere, and then just saw the ball hit the back of the net and like absolute bedlam, raucous, like insane, like actually some of the craziest scenes. Like, yeah. like for the second goal as well, yeah. there was this bloke. The amount of cocaine there is Jesus at Christ. away games. There's so much. Oh my gosh. So there was a bloke that was like three seats down from us, like so clearly on coke. Yeah. And he's, when the second goal's gone in, he's like pushed everyone down. Oh my gosh. Gone like dominoes. I've come into the middle row and gone over like, yeah. you know where the, the exit is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gone like over that bit oh like during God. the celebrations. Is the alcohol hold up okay? Yeah, it was actually all right. Yeah, Someone collapsed up. at the top though. Oh, Jesus. During the second okay. goal. 
I don't know. They got taken out by like you would have you would have thought that it would have been. I think they were alright. They like they were walking out by the end of it. So like, that's good. Yeah, but it was insane, and the like the noise was just unbelievable. They had sniffer dogs though. Like Probably they, because the fans were on cocaine. Yeah, that's true. But there was like there were pyros during the for the first goal and the second goal, and I don't know how they got them in because they actually well, like the Arsenal there. That is top. Yeah, they, but they had um they had sniffer dogs at every entrance. Okay. Yeah. And he was like, this guy was like throwing like <laughs> shit around and being like, oh, go sniff, go sniff. Go sniff, yeah, yeah. What about the Leicester fans? Did they have their clappers? Yeah, I didn't, I, the Leicester fans weren't that great, to be honest. I, they they were, um, there was quite good like banter. Yeah. Um, but then they were like, they were off quite early. Well, like, that's understandable. Sort of like 15, 10 minutes to go. I mean, it's never understandable, but you can understand why it's happening. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, I suppose, I don't know, I guess... Their ownership supplied this, the fans. Yeah, yeah. I remember there being lots of like good stories about that when yeah. they won the title that season. I think it's continued, but apparently it's not every game then because yeah. I doubt they they will buy their clappers. Well, I guess I guess like when they're winning, it must be a really good atmosphere. Yeah, because I mean yeah. at points it was quite good, but well, also it's a really uh, we were saying I was saying to you earlier it's a really tight knit stadium. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I You're very in close it. to the pitch. Yeah, and like... I played in it maybe three or four four years ago, something like that. And there were no fans in the stadium, of course, or very little. And you feel like it's it's not that daunting because yeah, the stadium's yeah. so small. But then I can imagine as soon as you pile thirty thousand fans in there, packed in, yeah. the atmosphere and like the noise just bounces off the walls. I always think like I don't know I don't know about you, but I always have this theory that when there are um, minute silences, sure, I always think that makes the atmosphere better. Well, because there's sort of some sort of an emotional pull. I, I don't, don't know. know. It's just like silent, and then after the minute silence, like everyone goes nuts. Because like it's, a, always, it's a unity. Yeah. You're you're doing something to to one extreme together. Yeah. And then within a split second you're all doing something together in another extreme. Did so you silence see, to, like to all the poppies on TV. No. Like, all, the, no, like the show before. No, like, I, I, I saw it on, on, on the kits. No, they they, no. they gave everyone seats like it was either a, oh. like a red card or a or a white card. Okay. And um, Oh that's really and nice. Like, hold them up. No, I literally tuned into the match, I missed that as it kicked off because the guy I, I was sort of chatting along to the guy I was sitting next to on the coach pretty nice guy he was a video editor oh. and yeah he was giving some tips for the podcast and stuff like that so nice. we were getting along okay and before I knew it it was 12.30 in time to watch so yeah. no, I missed that that's really good that that happened Sol was uh, my mate Sol who I went with to the uh, to the game because Harry couldn't come he was uh, when Johnny Evans has scythed the Bamiang down Okay, Sol's yeah. got like all the red cards from the seats around him, and he's like <laughs> that, that is waving them around. Didn't didn't help though. Classroom then. What do you have to do to get a red card if you're well? Not, do you know what? Actually, I was going to touch on this in the PR roundup section, but Laporte's got a red card for an identical tackle. Oh yeah, that Johnny. I don't think either of them are red cards because of the distance between and, and, the last uh, man and goal and concert and concert. Yeah, well, I I, I can't remember concert one. Console was um, last, like last man as well. Oh no, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was he was close to the goal though, wasn't he? Then yeah, but like only him. like a couple of yards than than yeah. Like I mean, I understand why Evans wasn't sent off. It's the fact that Laporte and Console were that it just yeah. made it such an inconsistent decision. And what about um, Sakharin Smith Rowe chance popping off? I, oh. I can hear that through my phone all the time. Like I was there, it's like mate. party atmosphere. I found myself on like the access all areas video. 
Did you? Yeah, on yeah. YouTube? Yeah, You're yeah. on it? Yeah. For like how long? Well, it's like they, they film all the like all, all the, the Arsenal fans and you can see me like... Oh, uh, can you see Sol? Is he in there? No, no, because Sol was sitting apart from me for the uh, for the first half. Oh, really? Okay. So we didn't have tickets in a pair, but yeah. then he came down. Okay, sure. Uh, but yeah, I found myself on there. It was just such a good atmosphere. Yeah. And then I love it like... I don't know. It feels it feels much nicer in the away end because you're such a like small group of fans. Like yeah. when you win the game and they come over to thank you, it, it's, it's just it's, lovely. It feels like they're p- thanking you personally, you specifically because you're, like, like, you're in the this, ones like, that little make group. the extra yeah. effort. Yeah, and they've all like they've all come up and you can see how much they it like really appreciate the support. Yeah. Like like Aubameyang when we had a corner with like five minutes to go, he was like just looking at the fans, smiling and. I, know, they, when we were I remember that. Actually, and they all went, "Oh, Aubameyang!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I actually and remember you can that. just see how much they love the it. The connection is yeah. even stronger. And Ramsdale um, as well, he loves it. He was like, oh, he came straight in with he the fans. Did. Oh, so did Gabriel. Actually. I was just going to touch on like the funniest thing I've seen in the football match for a while from Ramsdale, but oh, no, the less the Leicester fans, just for context. It's quite what I call championship behaviour. It happens. So what, it, it happens. It, this chant whenever a goalkeeper takes a goal kick, it's always up. North, happens though. a lot more up north, but also a lot more in the EFL rather yeah. than Premiership. But Leicester fans were doing it, and whenever a keeper takes a goal kick, they go, "Oh, you shit!" That's they, 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 they do. Like that. They do. They do. Twat your shit. Ah, okay, all right, that, okay, yeah, yeah. And then, but Ramsdale, as they screamed, ah, he's turned around. Like, he's given it the big one, he's, oh, he's done a fist bump, and he's gone, ah, in unison with them. But no, there was a period of time when we had Ospina in goal, and we did the same thing, but it was yeah, just, it, it was, was much just, more oh, innocent. It was just, Spina. oh, Spina, which I thoroughly enjoyed back mm. in the day. He wasn't a great keeper, though. No, he wasn't that good. No, no, but we moved. He seemed like a nice guy. Moving on to the tactical section of today's instalment, and it's going to be quite a nuanced section because quite a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. Unlike the atmosphere that you've described, which was undeniably ten out of ten in all aspects, mm. the performance was subsectional. It was. It was. It was. See, Harry, it was Harry's amazing a bit, in some sections. It was poor in other sections. Harry's a bit negativo here, and I'm not. I, I'm I just not happy think it's it. important to reflect the truth. I think we should be hailing every single one of them, and I'd do anything for any of them at the moment. So would I, but it doesn't mean that I can't analyse. <laughs> yeah, you can true. only move forward if you analyse what you see. Well, you, just, I, you love the analysis when the opposition are playing a three-back, don't you? No, I do. It's, it does excite me. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> Such a sad little life you left. <laughs> no, listen. It's just all a bit different, you know. It's unique. It's emerged in the last ten years. Yeah. Um, not that I've been analysing for ten years. No. 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 I wouldn't have known the clue about three-back systems even five years ago. No, probably not. Anyways... It's quite interesting because I think the four four two that we've been playing with or starting matches with works really well against three back systems, which is why it's interesting. But both teams <coughs> changed systems and it affected the f- um, the fluidity of the match and yeah. sort of the balance to which team was performing better. So we started in the four four two where the two up front were slanted, so a ba- uh, a Bambiang sort of drifts in beyond the shoulder, Lacazette comes deep, almost yeah. like a number 10, but usually on the right side. Yeah. And then quite a lot of similarities with our usual formation, you know, Smith Rowe was cutting in a lot, yeah. Saka was keeping it is, it is Tavares was going le- left wing back. Like, it when, is oh, fairly similar wing. to... It's fairly similar to yeah. a 4 two, three, one. You just get a little bit less central control when you're building yeah. out. Like, the um, only the only bit where the, where the four four two is very noticeable is when, like, we don't have the ball and we press. Yeah, and also the blocks that we do. Yeah. The, the, the lower me- the, we did. A ma- we did a really good medium block against Villa. 
which we didn't do against Leicester. It was more low. But either way, you see sort of the two banks of four and the two strikers. Yeah. It's that's a little bit different. When we play a four-two-three-one, we press a lot higher. Yeah. Um, anyhow, I thought that at points, not for all of the first half, but at points, it was almost like a three midfield where Lacazette was a right number eight and Lacombe was a left number eight. Yeah, he and dropped in quite a, six. a lot. Like, he dropped really deep sometimes, and you saw that in the second goal where he actually. It could have been given as a foul, but it wasn't. He got in... I can't remember who... Maybe it was Samare. I can't remember who it was, but he got in a tackle. We won the ball. We got up the pitch with Saka. Uh, yeah. He cuts it back to him. Who And he's made a really was it, no, that was, that was for the um That was for the first goal. No, it was for the second goal. For, for when Samare was down injured, that was the first goal. Because no. they, they, he was down injured... Then we went up the other pitch, won the first corner, then we won a second corner, and then we scored the first. I'm pretty I was, sure I saw that on the counter with Saka when he cut No, because I was watching um, uh, Rogers complain about it. Okay, all right. Fair he enough. Said in the, but he said in the interview, which I thought was a bit like, mm, okay. Fishing. Yeah, he was like, well, we had a foul on our player, he was down, okay. they went up, they won their first corner, okay, and then we yeah. conceded another okay, corner. Sure. But the, the, the main part of my point is that yeah, he's it, that, that, yeah. that scene in the match highlights that at points, Lacazette was almost like a number eight rather than a striker or a number ten. And then you just get parties, uh, <laughs> party and the conga shift up. But that, that wasn't yeah. a really primary feature. I just thought I'd mention it because one of the goals led from that. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, Set pieces were looking really good. I love these not set that, pieces. Not that I'm really Four good at analysing three. Them, but, yeah, but, but the coach from Man City who we hired... There's a very good ones. article on Football London. I can't remember who wrote it. Uh, but it's just about what this set okay. piece coach has done. We'll have since. to give it a read. Yeah, yeah I might, I might uh, link it on our Twitter. It's really good. Oh, yeah, that'd be good of us. Um, and the last thing I wanted to mention from our, like, our first half tactics was that rather... Than do a medium block with a slightly higher line, which we did against Villa, yeah. which works really well. Maybe because Leicester are slightly better, and um, when they got into, I don't know and why probably, it was, but we were in a lower block when we defended. Probably because of Vardy. Yeah, because he, he loves playing on the shoulder, and if you're Actually, playing, if you're playing a higher line, that's re- to be fair. I missed this in my own writing on my notes, but you've literally hit the nail on the head. I literally said. Are we respecting Vardy? Do we rate Vardy higher yeah. than Watkins, basically? Because Definitely. he's going to punish you. Quicker, better, better finisher. finisher. Exactly. get him behind yeah. easier. Times his run. But better. then you saw the 4-4-2 low block. Yeah. And we were really narrow. Yeah. And the only space they had was with the wing-backs out wide. Yeah. Which well, that was what, that didn't, was what didn't work very well a, for them. That was what caused a few problems in the in the like the beginning of the second half. When they changed formation, the, the space was still out wide. Yeah. But they actually had... Um, creative attacking yeah. wingers in Barnes but and because Lutheran, we were so not narrow Thomas and Castagna who are wingbacks yeah. yeah but because we were so narrow there was a ball round the outside of Tomiyasu and Tavares yeah that meant that they could get in behind in yes behind from a tight well. angle yeah but Ramsdale had to make two quite good saves yeah. from those from those balls in behind yeah so just before we get on to the second half then we'll touch on what Leicester's formation was to start with so they played a 3-4-1-2 on paper where Madison was the number 10 behind Vardy yeah. and Acho. In possession, it was a 3-5-2. Madison became a left eight. Tiedemann became a right eight. Samari was yeah. the holding midfielder, which I thought was quite interesting because then what the two strikers would do is one would come in, one would go in beyond. Yeah. So a pretty typical two-man strike partnership. Or 
one would always go beyond, or the second one could drift out wide yeah. and, and overload out they wide, given, or stuff like, like that. They're, they're players that worried me, though. They were given absolutely nothing from both our midfield and our defenders. Well, we, it, we shut them out of the game. Like, well, quite, I mean, it, in like even when they started to have their periods, the players that were doing it for them I, were not Madison, or Vardy, or Tielemans. Or Ian actually dropping it. Yeah. And actually, I, I 100% agree with that. Because what I was going to go on to say is that because we were so narrow and they yeah. were playing with wing-backs and spaces out wide, they looked most dangerous when they penetrated us centrally. But yeah. that happened so rarely. And the few times, the way they would try and do it was with f- forming uh, two number eights and, and, and then one striker dropping in and one going in beyond. And it would be to play through our lines, bounce back, and then play through our line again into, into Vardy running on. So yeah. it would be like a centre-back into a dropped-in striker, Ian Acho, who would knock it back for either Tillman or Madison to then try and do a three-roll for Vardy on the shoulder. But because but the two or three times they managed that in the first half, the spaces between the Conga party, Gabriel Ben White, was yeah. so good, yeah. they couldn't do anything well, with it. Well, that's the thing as well, is if you're Arteta and you say, you know, let let uh, I say to him, Leicester are going to control a few periods of the game, yeah. but for the whole of the game, you're going to shut out Madison, Vardy, Ian Acho, and Tielemans. Yeah, you take it because they're balancing with the problem. Because if you shut those players out, you know that you've got a very good chance yeah. of not conceding. Yeah. So then, that was sort of the first half breakdown, and within that, okay, so the first 25 minutes, we were superb on the front foot. Yeah. Second, 20, the, the, the last 20 minutes of the first half, they started to gain possession and we were in a low block but I thought we were in control yeah, because they, they couldn't go chances. through us centrally. Fine, first half was good. Yeah. Second half, for 25 minutes, they popped us yeah. and they changed formation and they did the same thing Villa did. Villa found some joy with it. They found a lot of joy with it yeah. and Ramsdale really helped us out a lot. Yeah, he did. It it was, you know, it's really weird. I don't I don't know where that, that start goes to that where, because, when we come out and we blitz them. Obviously, teams sort of then gauge what you're trying to do but I mean to be fair as well in the second half like if they were if they were popping us around like they were I mean I I wouldn't say they were popping us around they just they 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 pressured us I thought they battered us for 20 minutes they they had the momentum but then when you're when you look at it if they have that momentum but then I during that momentum Vardy Madison Tiedemans Ian Acho weren't involved again it was all Thomas uh, Barnes Barnes and and Lookman and yeah, uh, whoever it was on the other yeah. side, yeah. Which, like, I'd if you'd have said to me those were the players that but were they did get, get in their beyond. chances, they did get in beyond, yeah. but it, never with Vardy, never with Madison, never no, with not, their not, dangerous players. Yeah, I'd say Barnes is a dangerous player. He is a dangerous player, um, but he's not. But I, I, I take your point. I know, I know what you sort of mean. Yeah. I say that the basic pr- principle for why this, in my opinion, the four four two, it's working really well against three backs, and it's not working very not well so against four backs when they when teams change at half time is. You don't really need to overanalyze it. It's the fact that the other team have one more player in midfield and higher up the pitch, yeah. rather than having one more player in defence. Yeah. Which means that if you have three midfielders or four yeah. midfielders in set, because you can have wingers cutting in and stuff like that in central areas, and we just have Partey Lakonga, we're yeah. going to get overrun. It's pretty much as simple as that. Yeah. Um, Should we? Which is what Leicester did. They went to four-two-three-one. And they brought Barnes, who stayed high and wide. Yeah. Lookman kind of drifted in and out, but they were both threatening. And we needed to make a change, didn't we? Which was what Mikel did. Yeah, which I, I actually thought was completely the right change. It was. It and was. was very necessary. And For as good as Laka was. Yeah. 
But, and it's also so nice that we now have a manager that can sort of tactically recognise yeah. when the game needs changing. 100%. And that and that change was the I, right change and we managed to kill off the game. I can't remember what, what shot it was or what moment it was, but I think there might have been like a good Leicester attack and then Mikel went, he clicked his fingers and yeah. Odegaard came I think Thomas put, was it the one where Thomas put it wide? Yes, like, yeah, narrowly. I think it was that one. Yeah, and, 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 and Odegaard was on. Straight on. And we went to our normal 4-2-3-1, which yeah. we've analysed a number of times. Ball, and suddenly the ball was sort of popping yeah. out in their penalty area. And then I thought we managed the game really well for the last 20 minutes. So I, we're, we've got so much better at that. We have. The sort we? of managing to Taking keep the ball, the game. but also keeping the ball in the final third exactly. of the Exactly, yeah. Because that, not only takes sting out of the game, but also gives yourself an opportunity to kill the game off yeah. the goal. And also, if you make a mistake, you're not in your own half. You're, no, you're not. It's not deadly. Exactly, and you have more space and time to, to win the ball back. It's what I mean. I thought first half was good. The last 20 minutes was good, but I just thought that they... There was a, was a worry, period. And I think it's important to touch on it purely because it's my evidence to suggest that this 4-4-2 isn't sustainable against every single team. Yeah. And it's my argument for why I prefer the other systems. Yeah, which I think you know, Mikel probably knows. I think he knows it, and I think it's, really, it's as we said last episode, it's really good that we've got this four four two, especially because we know it works against teams with three at the back now. Yeah, and it also just it gives the other manager a headache. Yeah. Okay, so this week I'm going to be asking Harry for his player ratings. I think we're going to do top three. Player of the opposition and manager rating. Sure. So we'll go for your top three. I'll ask in order, reverse order, please. So, so from third favourite to first favourite. Third to first. Third favourite, Lacazette. Okay. Purely, well, I mean, again, his performance was exceptional, the things he did, but mainly because. Out of 10? Out of 10, a 7.5. Okay. Because I, I think that he was sort of also tactically the, the reason why the system worked so well. Right. Number two would be Thomas Partey, yeah. who I thought was excellent in all periods of the game when we were playing well, when we were having to defend. Yeah. He didn't get dribble past at all. He broke up the play well, and his passing range was good. I enjoyed his performance. And an out of ten again? Eight. Okay. And number one, I think it's we all know who you're going to say. Isn't it? It's going to be Rammers. Yeah. yeah. And Jesus. out of ten? Ten. It'll be a ten. It has yeah. to be a ten. I mean, it's got to be a ten. What a, player. what a player. What a player. And what a save as well. The double save. Oh, ridiculous. The half volley. Oh my lord. Oh yeah, the one the, oh, the one that I went mean, out to what, Lacazette he where he's like need, spun it. And he like, didn't need to do it. He just, he just take he it. Could have, he could have rolled it. He could have. Oh, <laughs> what a bloke. Joke of a player. What a bloke. Distribution amazing. Saves from close range amazing. Weldy saves from long range. Yeah. Um, sort of reflexes yeah just the whole package I think a lot of people owe him an apology a lot of people owe him an apology um and then player of the opposition yeah player of the opposition give it Harvey Barnes because I thought with yeah. their system change I'd say Bar- Barnes will look he, he was I think Barnes because he, he got in in behind Ben yeah. White and Tom, Tom Yasu yeah. more than Lookman did the other side and then a couple of honourable mentions centre backs were brilliant as always Lekonga was also very good and Smith Rowe is a genius yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, and Arteta? Arteta, we give him a, an eight. Yeah. An eight. Because, very, because very he, he, he went with his tactics against a system he knew they'd work against. Yeah. Then when 
he start when they changed and they started to be better than us. Yeah, he knew the change he necessary needed to, for yeah. the change. And that that's the great thing about our squad at the moment is that you know there are players you can bring off of, bring off of the bench. Yeah, who can change the system and change the and game. And just a small tweak because a lot of what we do, as we mentioned earlier, isn't dissimilar between systems. Yeah. Okay, so it's my turn to do this week's section of whatever happened to, and because I haven't had that much time to look up a player, I'm going to be a bit cheeky, and I've done a whatever happened to, but it's a game. I think it's quite saucy from you, because what it does is it adds it adds a depth, doesn't it? It adds a bit of depth. Each week, as long as it's something way out of our time span. Yeah, it's also it's a very funny game. As long as there's some, some humour, yeah. some sort of interests some sort of weird stuff that happens it yeah. doesn't really matter so the game I'm doing is a friendly that we played against Dynamo Moscow in 1945 don't exist anymore uh, I think they you've do you've got Dynamo Kiev you've got CSKA Moscow I'm not sure you've got Dynamo Moscow yeah, I'm, I mean wouldn't live looking it up they are team? they are yeah no they're still here okay yeah they're still chilling the uh, Balbuena plays for them. Fabian Balbuena? It's massive. Right, so this game, it was a friendly in 1945. Uh, so just after the war had finished, before football was coming back again. The next okay. year. Um, and it was played in very, very heavy fog. And the... In Russia? Yeah, yeah, in Russia. And basically the players sort of urged the referee to suspend the game due to flop due to fog and the ref just said no basically Wasn't didn't, didn't want to suspend it wanted to yeah. get it done there so and you've got to remember that at this time the players would have been playing with leather sort of balls made out of yeah. skin and stuff yeah. like that so you can't see for shit yeah. and you can't control the ball for shit yeah so basically the, th- the fog was so thick that the game just turned into like craziness right cool uh, both sides basically just played their own set of rules and had a lot of bad luck because of the weather. Sure. So, um, Moscow at one point made a substitution, but they, they didn't take a player off because no one could see what was happening due to the fog. Yeah. So they said they were making a substitution, didn't bring a player off, brought a player on. They did that three times. They ended up with 15 players on the pitch by right. the end of the game. So you've got all these sort of Russian guys flying in from nowhere, and all these <laughs> yeah. strange angles. Yeah. And all the Arsenal players who have no idea what's going on. Yeah. So Arsenal also sort of made the best of these conditions. They right. they had a player sent off earlier on in the game. Did he go off? He snuck back on well, at the start of the second half. He's come back on. Uh, and then we ended up with 13 players. Uh, so it was a 15 v 13 yeah. It's kind of like um, Year 11 versus Year 10 <laughs> Yeah, uh, We did have some bad luck though our, our goalkeeper Knocked himself out cold Because he ran into the goalposts Which right. he couldn't see because of the because fog, of the fog. Yeah. And a Spectator took his place right, In okay. goal So a fan literally see, took I'm his place in goal If Ramsdale was playing in this match He'd still be able to see the goalposts He's still saving everything That guy can see everything man. Uh, But yeah, fan came on, took his place and that was it. What a dream, though. Imagine Emirates. It's fine. I know, yeah. No one can see stats. everything. Lolly boy, you're on. <laughs> goal, goal, Get in there. Goalkeeper's <laughs> knocked himself out because he can't see the post. Couldn't and the only, the only logical solution is to get you on. 
Exactly. Mate, I'll get in this blossom as quickly as possible. 100%. Although, it would probably be quite dangerous at that point, given that they're good. Yeah, uh, but I mean, to wear, knocked himself to wear out. a cannon in true. a Premier League match. That's true. Fog on on. Well, it's a friendly, though. Yeah, but... I mean, if Arsenal asked you to a pre-season you're friendly, playing. you'd be on it like you're a couple, playing. Yeah. So, I'll be quizzing LOL this week, and I think... I've come up with reasonable questions again. Harry's 4-2 up uh, and from the last two weeks. We've got one more after this, haven't we, before the next yeah. international break? They're coming along too quickly. I know. So but there's bad. none. After this one, there's none for there's until none. March. Yeah, that is decent, to be fair. Yeah. Right, let's dive into it. So, the first question is, how many goals has Jamie Vardy <laughs> scored against Arsenal? Now, this has been flying around on social media a little bit, so I thought maybe you'd know. Oh god, few that I can remember. I'm I'm remembering two from the five two game. I'm remembering one from the two one game that we beat them at home. What the penno? Yeah. Yeah. I'm remembering one for another from another two nil game. I'm remembering two from when we beat them four three at home. I'll give you a clue. He's the second highest goal scorer against Arsenal in the Premier in Premier League history and the player that is the highest goal-scoring opponent against us in the Premiership is Wayne Rooney, who scored one more goal than him. Oh, bloody hell. Okay, well... And I'm going to tell you it's above nine. That's the second clue. Okay. That's the number that's popped to my head. Okay, sure thing. Claudio Ranieri... Yeah. ...is Watford's... Tell me the number... ...manager since 2016. So basically, in the last five years, how many managers have they had, including Ranieri? Okay. Cool. Who scored their first Arsenal goal against Watford two seasons ago as we beat and relegated them? Oh, God. First you can, you can, Arsenal you can goal. You deduce this by like who we signed a few seasons ago, who's in our squad now, who's least likely to score a goal. Bloody hell. Clue, it's the game that Aubameyang scored an overhead kick. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember the game. Um, Is it a defender? I can't tell you that, my can't, friend. You can't tell me more. Um, uh, I don't know. Okay, go on. Let's do answers. Right, so... The answer for question one. How many goals has Jamie Vardy scored against Arsenal? Your final answer, please. 12. 11. Oh. Wayne Rooney was on 12. So close. That's kind of agonising. That's unlucky. Claudio Ranieri. He's the... What number? Sixth. Tenth. Tenth? Since 2016? Well, you've got to think Watford's second manager a season. Pissing hell. <laughs> on average, they have two a season. Oh. So even if one stays for one season, another season they'll sack three. That is... Oh, God. Okay. It's such a weirdly run club, isn't it? Yeah. Who scored their first Arsenal goal against Watford two seasons ago? Guess. Tierney. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Okay, so... Makes it... You're just winning 2-1 every week here. Yeah. So it's 6-3. I need to win 3-0 to level it up next week. I might just... I might just shag you with the questions next week. Yeah, to be fair, though, you own one of those. Alright, sweet. Okay, so it was, it was actually quite nice, again, playing first 
the of the of the Premier League game week when you win because it means yeah, you can just absolutely. enjoy the rest yeah. of the football. Yeah, it was nice against Villa, and it was quite nice this weekend. Maybe we can ask to play first every week. Yeah, um, but we had the twelve thirty, and then I watched a few of the three o'clock games in the some car. Bit, some back. big results. So City losing at home. Yeah, no, just Pat, it was coming though. Pat, like Palace have been playing so well against the top teams. Yeah, that it was coming well, or, or also were getting a red card and yeah, the nature of the, the nature of the first goal being just an individual mistake. Yeah, then sit because I, I watched the I, I was on the bus when well, I was in Bristol, so I didn't really get to watch many of the games. I did watch Spurs United in a, in a sports bar, um, mm. but the, well, I watched the highlights of that City game. And they, you know, they did put the pressure on. They scored an amazing goal, which was ruled out yeah, for offside. Yeah. The phone and assist was a joke. Yeah, um, yeah, they'd have probably. I wouldn't say it, it, it was. A, I wouldn't say it was a disastrous performance by City, but just probably well, not, not, not the heights that they were at. And credit to Palace. Yeah, and then Brighton coming back against Brighton, Liverpool. God, I mean, they play really good football. Our, Brighton. our result against Brighton is starting to look quite good now. Nil nil away from home. If Liverpool can only draw, I wanted at to home. touch on this because. I fully agreed when we did this with Brentford, but we start and I've seen loads of Arsenal fans on Twitter and Instagram doing this. Suddenly, whenever you drop points, if another good team drops points yeah, against yeah. them, I'm starting to dislike it because it subtracts from performance. Yeah, so no, I guess again against Brentford, like you can tell by the fact that like Brentford, yeah, we, were before, so, yeah. we were so bad, we were but so also bad. you can tell by the fact that Brentford play that style yeah. in that hostile environment that it'd be a place that many teams drop points yeah. against, whatnot. We, we were with our full strength team. And I know Brighton are good, but it's it's more the but Palace. The thing it's, is, it's is, the one I saw was like, the City are losing to Palace, good. that makes our point look good. No, no, no. Like, we were bad, Brighton yeah. were okay. Like the, pa- the Palace one, like we should have beaten them, but it was at home. And, you know, City will be really disappointed that they didn't and, beat them. And it was, it'll be an anomaly. An, an, an anomaly. They might have won yeah. a match this season where they played whereas, at that level, which is just average. Whereas Brighton, I don't think is an anomaly. No, my, my point is, yeah, no, my point is just that we should make it about the context of each match because yeah, yeah. if you just say every time you drop points, yeah, but Liverpool drop yeah, points yeah. them or United drop points them, it just becomes a little bit like excuse. Yeah. Um, and we had Chelsea beat Newcastle quite easily. Not much to say. About they're that. popping all the relegation teams. They got Burnley yeah. next, which is a bit. They've not got. Out. They've not got many hard games, do they? No. Just. But then I'm hoping. I haven't looked at the fixtures, but I'm hoping to have a flurry of them around January. Yeah. Because like the the one hard game they've had has been City, and they got played they got off played the park. Yeah. Um, and then we had Burnley beat Brentford 3-1 which is quite surprising Cornet's on smoke at the moment yeah, isn't he's he? really playing well yeah um, and then Southampton beating Watford 1-0 big result for them really big really result, big result yeah. for them because because they're above Watford now Watford would have gone above them yeah and then 5.30, we had the El Sakiko. The El Sakiko. Which I, I saw quite a funny tweet that was just a screenshot of United beating Spurs 3-0. And it was like, how am I meant to tell my grandkids that Spurs, Spurs won, won this, this game? match? Yeah. The thing is, though, it was all like memes and banter on social media about it being the El Sakiko, But it genuinely was. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that made me laugh even more, which I saw, was just the fact that like people were saying, Ole's played Conte ball to beat Spurs yeah. to stop himself from being sacked and getting replaced by Conte so that Spurs can so buy Conte so that he can't Conte. get replaced yeah. by Conte next week which is crazy but no United went to, went back to basics in terms of them being a counter-attacking team yeah. five at the back yeah. you saw played two, with experience played with experience up top and Romano and Ronaldo are both good. really good yeah. and yeah Spurs are a bit rubbish so it worked for them so bad um, like just a dire they're so bad but you know, I, they'll probably improve under Conte. They will but I don't. I don't think they'll improve to the point of 
what like the thing it won't, I don't Conte get. won't do what he's done with Juve no. Chelsea and Inter and it won't be this sudden no. and I'm not worried about them this season the thing sure. that I don't the thing that I don't get with Spurs fans is that they've all been complaining wanting attacking football Conte's not an attacking manager no and this is the thing and he now, can attack and now they're all like celebrating because they've got Conte and who's quite famously like one of the most tactically brilliant defensive yes, coaches. Yes, and he, and he, can, no he can implement his tactics yeah. in an attacking way. But they don't really like, well around the coach. His but teams haven't played good football. His teams are primarily yeah. defensive. defensive. Yeah, and like, I'd, but he is more offensive than Nuno. Yeah, but I just think like potentially Spurs fans might get sick of that if they start losing games yeah. as well. No, because if you're losing games and you're playing shit defensive football like no, they were sure. under Nuno. Then it gets frustrating, and we need to talk about my old lot West Ham. Oh, oh they're on fire! God. Can we just talk about their last result? So it was away Goodison Park one 0 Yeah. Then it was three in the Europa League. Go Jank. Then Spurs. They beat Spurs one 0 at home. Yeah. Might I say there's both Spurs and Everton games were sort of dogged. They were heads yeah. from corners, and also but still Everton three and points. Spurs are very shit. Exactly. And then it was knocking City out in the cup. City. Yeah. I watched that game. City actually played quite well, but West Ham held on. Yeah. And when you go penalties, you can win. And then smashing Villa for one away on Sunday. Villa are looking really bad. They are in trouble. They are looking really four, bad. Four, four league defeats in, on the trot. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, but West Ham played them off the park. Yeah, they played but them off the I'm park. I'm telling you what, the, Cock- the Cockney boys, they must be in dreamland. Mm. Like, I think if you were to actually try and find the stat, it might be over a decade ago when West Ham won five games in a row in all competitions. Yeah. It's a joke, and they're doing it against good teams. They are. Um, and then we had Leeds beat Norwich. There wasn't really much to say about that game. I mean, Norwich are just... I'm not going to lie to you, I haven't watched the highlights. No, I, I was watching the game purely because I had um, Rafinha as my captain on fantasy. Did he score? Yeah, he did. I captained Rafinha over Salah. Salah only got an assist. Rafinha okay. got a goal. Tactical masterclass. Tactical masterclass. Uh, but apart from that, yeah, there really wasn't anything. I mean, Leeds don't look great. Norwich no. are just... Tell you who do look good, and they actually have looked good even when they were losing this season, is Wolves. Yeah. They, they have a really we were saying that when, when we'd started the podcast, we were saying that they've become the expected goals merchants. Yeah, they're taking the range But now they're actually sort of taking their chances. Um, I mean, Jimenez is looking really good again. Um, Fantastic who's that, finish. Who's their new striker? What's his, their new striker? Uh, Huang Hee Chan. Huang Hee Chan, yeah. Yeah, he looks really good. Chuan Kao is a very, very good player. Yeah. And they've also got good players like Podence off the bench. Yeah. He's really gifted. And obviously, Triore. Yeah. Um, and no, they played really good football against but, Everton. You know, Ever- were rubbish. Everton are rubbish. I, I saw a, I saw quite a funny stat about um, Iwobi. Um, where <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Was, so he's yeah. played four games for so Everton. Uh, Alex Iwobi's Premier League record for Everton against Wolves. He's played By the four way, games. He's, he's, he's purely referred to as Iwobi. Iwobi in the, in the Costa House. Okay, yeah. sorry. Uh, so he's played four games, scored three goals. Uh, that's his record against Wolves and his Premier League record for Everton against every other opponent is he's played sixty games and he's scored zero. And assisted zero. Yeah. That's brilliant for me. So he... And how much did they pay for him? 35? 40 mil. 45. 40 Absolutely mil. frauded Everton now. Yeah, like, that's disgraceful. But another decent week of Premier League football. Yeah. And quick, next week quick, quick predictions fun. for Watford. I, I, I'm really hoping... We haven't seen one of these in a while. I'm really hoping it's like a 6 Something. or 7 now. Yeah, so am I'd I. love that. Just it's a great so, day out. So good. Yeah. I mean, party atmosphere at the Emirates. And just before we go, Manchester Derby prediction... 4-0 City. You think? I think I'm going 2-0 City and it'll be... So like where Liverpool just didn't take the foot off the gas in terms of trying to score a goal, 
I think City are the type of type of team to take. I just go two nil up, and then and they won't want to score. They'll want to keep the ball for the yeah. whole match, just to like really like take the piss. Take the piss. Yeah, fair play. Okay, so that's it for today's delayed episode of Left on Red. Sorry about that again. Um, but as a little special treat, I think we're going to have the uh, Watford episode out on Monday. And we also might have that filmed on YouTube. So stay tuned for stay that. Stay tuned for that. We might have a little something special going for that, which we're going to look into. But yeah. until then, take care and have a good week. See you later. <laughs>